But one day my mom caught me in my room practicing words alone. And I know this sounds totally crazy and I'm not sure if it's like entirely true, uh, but at least this is how my mother told me anyway. Um, it seems like I had struggles with perfectionism since I was literally a baby. <laughs> If you want to get into UX design, freelancing or into any creative field really, then you've come to the right place. I'm Sophia, nice to meet you and in this podcast I share my own journey to becoming a UX freelancer. I share everything as I go through it so you can learn from my mistakes and be inspired to keep going no matter what because it will take a lot of hard work but remember we're in this together and we can grow much faster if we help each other out and learn from one another. I put out an episode every single Tuesday and you can join the conversation on Instagram via the polls and the questions that I put out there. And now let's get into this week's episode. After imposter syndrome, perfectionism is probably the most common struggle among entrepreneurs, especially creatives like me. And I'm considering a freelancer as an entrepreneur because at least in my view, freelancers are a business. They themselves are a business. So therefore they are entrepreneurs as well. Before I move on, I just want to let you know that if you suffer with perfectionism, uh, I relate with you a lot. I know what you are going through. Believe me or not, I was once really, really perfectionist. I mean, I wouldn't even show my work to friends and to ask for, for feedback um, before I liked the work like 100%. And, you know, you need feedback before that feedback helps you improve your work and have you uh, let you see another other pers perspectives about it. And yeah, I wouldn't show it and my work quality suffered because of it. I still struggle with it a little bit, but I think I learned how to deal with perfectionism over the years. And I know it can be limiting and you can feel trapped, um, not being able to like finish anything within a reasonable timeline and also being afraid to ask for feedback, like I said, even when that's exactly what you need to move forward and improving your work. And it could also happen that you think something is really, really good, like you create a logo or a design for something and you think that it is really, really good at the time. But then when you sleep on it and look at it again, you want to change everything. And this happens to me a lot with creative work And some people also share with me on, on Instagram that it also happens to them. So yeah, if you want to be able to vote on the topics that, that I cover here or ask questions and give me your suggestions about topics or guests, um, then you can go follow me on Instagram. It's on the podcast description and in the episode description as well. It's sofiadasilva.me, Sofia da Silva with an F, like it is written on my name in the podcast platform. And then you can participate on the polls that I put out there or just send me a message and talk with me about the topic because it gives me more ideas on how I can cover them and what I should talk about in any of them because sometimes the topics are really broad and it helps to know what your, what your specific struggles are. So yeah, I'm going to 
try to help you deal better with this perfectionism feeling, even though the feeling doesn't go away. I still feel that like I like the work is not good enough and that it's not good enough to show to anybody and that I need to perfect just that little small detail that it's still there and it's bugging me. I'm going to try to help you deal better with this, but it won't go away. I still deal with it daily and I just learn how to leverage it to improve my work. I'm still learning and I know it's hard. I know and you may not believe that I was once really perfectionist because now I start Shira without even having like a defined brand identity or I record podcasts almost without a script sometimes and I start to rumble and well and <laughs> and I record stories on Instagram with pimples jumping out of my face without makeup and my hair a mess, the lighting a mess, everything a mess. But yeah, now I am able to do the that stuff and not even think about it, but I wasn't born like this, okay? And actually, I think we are born without any perfectionism at all, because, you know, children don't care what others think, and they show you those drawings with stickmans that don't even look like stickmans anyway. And if you, and like, they don't care if you like it, if you don't, or if it looks like what is supposed to for them, it is good. So they show it and they are proud of it. And then as they grow up, as we grow up, we start to develop this perception that we have to be perfect to be liked, to be validated. And then it becomes, I think it becomes so ingrained in us that it's, it's subconscious and we don't even realize why we feel that way. At least that's my theory. I'm not a therapist or anything. But yeah, I'm going to start with talking about my relationship with perfectionism over the years. Because I think the first thing that helps you deal with perfectionism is understanding why it's there. Or try to, at least. Like, if you can afford therapy, then go for it. I, I haven't gone to therapy yet, but I think it will be really good to try to dig out where these limitations come from, you know. Uh, so if you can afford it, then go for it. But it, it also helps just to think and reflect and try to dig it up yourself, why you feel that way. Something may have triggered it or it may not. It's just something that might help you. So funny story, you know how I spoke about how children don't are not perfectionists at all? Well, uh, maybe some are because my mom told me that when I was a baby, I took really, really long to say my first word. The doctor was even worried that I had some like learning deficit or something. But one day my mom caught me in my room practicing words alone. And I know this sounds totally crazy and I'm not sure if it's like entirely true, uh, but at least this is how my mother told me anyway. Um, it seemed like I had struggles with perfectionism since I was literally a baby. <laughs> but let's move on to stuff that I actually remember and that I'm sure it's not just bullshit. So I can recall that my parents were really strict with my grades as a kid. Like I had straight A's during primary school and then on middle school I had straight A's almost in almost every class, but then I started getting B's in history class because, I mean, I just didn't see the point of memorizing dates and names when I could just look them up online. Like, and if you, if you didn't have internet or Google when you were a kid studying, then you could have looked for it in books also. Like, why do you have to memorize that shit? 
I have no fucking idea, but teachers wanted me to do that. Stupid, yeah. And I didn't like it, so I just didn't memorize it. And my history tests were like, everything was, was great. And then they were like, in red, uh, written name, question mark, date, question mark, all over my tests. So... Yeah, I mean, my parents didn't punish me or anything for, for getting bees, you know, but I could see that they were disappointed. And especially, oh, they were especially disappointed when well-behaved Sophia brought a bad behavior notice home for using her phone in class. Oh my God, a notice, like it's going to be the end of the world. I mean, I love my parents. I know they did their best, but I, I think they had their priorities kind of not aligned in that moment in time. Anyway, that wasn't the biggest thing. The biggest thing were, were the teachers. The teachers were just awful. If I, if I got, not in general, I had pretty good teachers, but there were some that if I got a B, they would tell me I should try harder and that this wasn't me. And even if, like, even if no one in the class scored higher, like I could score the higher, the highest grade in class, where it was a B, I, I should get an A, like I did every time. And I'm not saying they are to blame fully for my perfectionism, of course they aren't. But I'm sure it had something to do with it. And it probably has something to do with a lot of perfectionist kids, how their parents dealt with it, how teachers uh, pressure them to, to be perfect. It could have something to do with it. And if it has something to do with you, then it can help to dig it up and to understand why, so that you can understand that it's not just because others have high expectations of you or have had high expectations of you that doesn't mean that everyone will have the same expectations and it doesn't mean that you need to have the same expectations for yourself either trying to understand where that perfectionism comes from can help you um, but now let's talk about some stuff that helped me deal with the with the, that feeling like more practical stuff so the first real unlock for me on this was university. In my class, we were forced to present work in progress, like really forced and like really unfinished work. And that means I got kind of comfortable sharing my imperfect work with peers and teachers. I mean, I got comfortable after months because I wanted to bury myself in a hole the first like 10 or 15 times I presented it and yeah the feeling was devastating I felt judged I felt I wasn't enough I felt everybody were everybody's work was better than mine and I totally deflected feedback and got defensive so I I didn't even get the, the good part of it of getting feedback and implementing it in my designs I just got really really defensive I go through this this feeling of not being enough and feeling that everybody is better than, than me in the episode 5, which is all about imposter syndrome. So if you want to dive deeper into this, how to deal with this specific feeling, then go have a listen to, to that episode. Anyway, little by little, the feeling got better. And by the end of the course, I was able to present work without, without wanting to cry inside. So progress. <laughs> But yeah, it still it still was really really hard, but it helped me get more comfortable with with that, with having my unfinished work, my imperfect work analyzed and having feedback on on it. Helped me get comfortable with that. 
Another thing that helped me was working under pressure. And again, it this was like the the painful help. <laughs> it it happened a little bit in university as well in in the first year because of the freshman activities that we have that occupy a lot of time and then I was also conciliating that uh, managing that uh, along with getting my driver's license and a lot of other stuff so I I had a really I needed to to do the university projects in a really short time but the main phase of my life where I was working under a lot of pressure was in my internship there were days where I didn't have shit to do you know but and I I leveraged that I used the, those days to create a travel blog and Instagram a travel Instagram and I can talk about that in another episode that didn't work out but when I did have requests from my boss and my supervisors they were for yesterday always for yesterday so I was forced to focus only on the essential part of it and not if that particular shade of blue is the right one or if that specific if that text is perfectly aligned stuff just had to come out especially on social media that was the main thing that I did was post for social media and I posted so many shitty posts made up of shitty ideas on the company's social media like I don't even want to think about it but I also posted some good ones And it was very difficult to do at first because I felt I, I was a fraud because I was doing creating all this work that I didn't think was good. I thought I didn't know how to how to create posts and that I wasn't creative enough. But I kept them coming because it was my job. That's what I what I had to do. And after some months, it got easier, and I started working better under pressure. And I started to realizing what are those essential things that I had to focus on like not focusing on on the on the text being like really really perfectly aligned or not focusing on the perfect image focusing on having a good idea and that was it and i think working first for someone before freelancing or before building a business really helped me uh one gain discipline but two also understand what are those really important aspects that you need to focus on especially being the typical designer intern at a local business environment where it's always work for yesterday and use red because I like it. Uh, <laughs> I realize that it's not the tiny details, it's just getting stuff out there. Another another thing that I guess it helps me, it's thinking about it's rationalizing uh, the importance of testing and getting feedback so one thing that I learned recently in the UX course I'm doing is the importance of getting feedback and testing stuff early and I already knew this uh, like I knew this in the back of my mind but I didn't really believe it uh, from the like 500 online business and marketing courses I took uh, I'm exaggerating okay but you I knew that you should test the idea before committing a lot of time to it because it's basic return on investment thinking. Why invest all your time refining a logo or refining a social media post or any other design work if you don't know for sure that that idea will work or that the client will resonate with it? Why do that? If we, if it doesn't, then you'll be losing all that time for nothing. So testing stuff out and presenting unfinished work is very, very, very important to save you time and energy. 
And having this presence in your mind can help you deal with the perfectionist part of your brain, like rationalizing it and thinking it will help you make better decisions and reach an even more perfect work in the long run. If you rationalize that and think about that, it can help you uh, present unfinished work and deal with perfectionism better because you you know that it will help you make a, reach a better result. Uh, at the end one point that I think it's important to to make is there is no perfection actually like in for example in UX design we are always iterating and making changes according to the to the usability test results and it is never perfect there is always something to improve it never never ever ends and that's true for any creative field I think however improving something from like 95% perfect to 99% perfect takes a long time, a lot of resources, and usually it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. So now I try to find a balance between perfection and the time it takes to do it so that I have a return on my time investment. And this is trial and error. I can tell you that it's getting to 80% or getting to 70% because first what what is 80% perfect like you can't define that i i saw somewhere someone talking about uh, how this balance should be like you should strive to reach between 60% and 80% perfect work or like completion of the work and like what is 60 to 80% like i i, I have no fucking clue <laughs> Um, it's it's really trial and error, you know, and it's also a collaboration work with your client, of course. And but it's it's getting to know your process and getting to know how you work better. And when does it start to to not be worth it to invest more in in a project? I can't help you more than that because it's something that you really have to figure out by yourself. And of course, this also relates to knowing what's more important to reach the project goals. It's not what's important to you to have uh, in, a, in a work. It's what is important to that specific project to reach those specific goals that you want to reach or that your client wants to reach with that project. Speaking about finding balance, something that happened to me and that could probably will happen to you if you try too hard to to stop being a perfectionist is you may become the opposite you may become careless and and stop trying to to improve your work and start delivering unfinished work as final work and that is not what i want you to do it's important to to force yourself out of your comfort zone like i spoke about working under pressure and um, showing unfinished work to, to peers. But it's also important to leverage your perfectionism to your best, to your best interest, to have a, a, better, a better work, better quality of work, because it can be a weakness, but it can also be a strength. So I think you should try to start seeing it as a strength. So let me give you an example. For a brand identity project, for example, I know that I usually that usually I need three to four like separate workdays to deliver the first three concepts. So these are like uh, drafts of ideas. They are not finished logos. And what I used to, to do was I would refine these ideas too much and I will spend too much time in this stage. Now I have this, I know that I need these 
three to four nights of sleep between to to mature my ideas. So because I know that I don't spend more than two to three hours per day working on those concepts, like in the same day, because I know that after those two to three hours, I will stop brainstorming and I will start refining small details of those ideas. And they don't need to be refined at that stage. So I set that time limit. And when I reach it or, or when I realize that I'm starting to refine a lot, I stop it and I go back to it the next day. So that's how I managing to not be too perfectionist in that stage. But what happened when I started doing this was when I when I presented the work to the client, the three ideas, they chose one and then it was refining stage. And I will I would not refine it enough. I will just do a little tweak here and there. Oh, it's finished. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I will force myself to like, I will repress that perfectionism. And then my work quality suffered because the, the refinement stage, it's called the refinement stage for a reason. It's for refining and to make everything look good. Now I'm trying to balance all of this out. I'm applying that that principle of not refining too much and having that time limit on the concepts. But then as soon as a concept is chosen and the client resonates with it and it makes perfect sense, then I lev- I fully embrace my perfectionism to refine it because it needs to be really, really, it needs to look perfect. Even if it's not perfect, it needs to look perfect, at least for the eyes of the common people that are not designers. So I take my time to, to do it properly. And yeah, before I was delivering logos that were not really finished, they didn't, they didn't look finished. Something was missing. Something felt odd. Something felt unbalanced. And this is, this is where you can use your own perfectionism to your advantage. It's, you need to find where, where that perfectionism puts you ahead of other people that are not perfectionists. Having an eye for little details is great in some situations and it's horrible in others. So I think it's all about finding where your perfectionism helps you and when it it's limiting you and channeling it to those situations where it helps you while finding finding a way to control yourself in the situations where it doesn't help like I do with the time limits for for the local creation it's not about repressing it's about channeling it and using it to your advantage and now I sound like a therapist talking about repressing emotions or channeling emotions um, anyway it's about finding your balance not the balance of any guru that is online, not my balance, it's your balance. So I hope this helped you understand your perfectionism better and how to deal with that feeling. I know I didn't offer um, like a magic solution or a fit all solution, but I mean, I can't. It's something that's really personal and it all goes back to one, forcing yourself to, to get comfortable uh, forcing, wait, uh, yeah, forcing yourself to get uncomfortable, which will lead to you feeling comfortable with presenting unfinished work and getting stuff out there that is not yet finished. It's forcing yourself to get out of that comfort zone so that I, so that you begin to feel comfortable with that. And two, after you're com- kind of comfortable with that, you'll never be a hundred percent comfortable. It's about channeling your perfectionism into the tasks where it where it is an advantage, where it makes you 
better or it makes you a better designer or a better photographer when it improves your quality of work while implementing systems that help you manage it in the situations that it isn't. And of course that if you are really, really, really perfectionist, it can also stop you from delivering a final a final logo, like even after you did all the tweaks. But then it's thinking about when it's worth it to keep improving it or when it's not. And what are the most important parts uh, that need to be really, really well done? Like in a logo, it needs to be perfectly balanced. It needs to be perfectly designed, like the the alignments and the, the symmetry and all that stuff. It needs to be really, really good. But then if there is like a little thing that you don't like, but you can't really tell why, and you've done all the work to do it balanced and all of that, then maybe it's not worth it to, to try to fix it. If other people don't see it, probably you are just one that is seeing it, then it's not, it's probably not worth to, to keep working at it. So yeah, that is all I have for you about perfectionism. Uh, I'm still trying to, to learn how to deal with it better. And if you struggle a lot with that other feeling that kind of relates to this, of not being enough or feeling like a fraud, then, like I said, I have an episode where I dive deep in how to deal with imposter syndrome, which is episode five. So go have a listen if you want to dive even deeper into this topic. And if you want to get weekly updates and rants, uh, like really random rants about my freelance and entrepreneurship journey that don't make it into the podcast because they don't fit the the weekly theme, uh, go sign up for my newsletter. The link is in the episode description and also on the link in bio on my Instagram. It's It's a weekly email. I'm not selling anything there. It's just random rants, um, weekly updates, share some cool stuff that happens to me regarding freelancing, entrepreneurship and also self-development. Uh, so yeah, you can cancel anytime. Go subscribe if you'd like to have more personal content from me. Thank you all for listening and talk next week.